0: Hello and welcome to Brain Trust Live number 444.
1: This week on the podcast, our prop guide will be in your inbox this week.
0: And LA managed to snag the lead story in the New York Times last week, which shows just how big a catastrophe the city council was having.
1: Plus, Catherine Cortez Masto, the Julia Brownlee of 2022.
0: And in the wise words of Herschel Walker himself, he's, quote, just not that smart.
1: Plus, Nancy Pelosi governs the same way she tears into a slim gym.
0: And can someone explain Elon Musk, Russia, and Twitter to us, please? We're not interested enough to research it.
1: We'll have all this and more.
0: This is Brain Trust Live. Hey y'all, I'm Brent.
1: I'm Lila, and you can find us on the web at www.braintrustlive.com. Did you guys hear our interview with maybe a girl?
0: You gotta listen to it.
1: You gotta listen to it. We posted it last week. Yeah. And your ballots are in the mail if you're anyone but Brent. And so...
0: Where is my ballot?
1: I don't know. We're on a real search for Brent's mail ballot because he's the only person in America, well, in California, who hasn't gotten one yet.
0: Uh, It's not acceptable.
1: And it's like to the point where now for a full week, people have been like, where is your elections guide? And I've been like, it is coming. But also, we hadn't gotten our ballots yet. And then now it's just you. So I know. But if you didn't listen to it, listen to it. Because, well, if you live in our district, you're going to have to be voting for it. Obviously. And if you don't live in our district, you should know about the goings on about town. Yeah. You know?
0: Exactly. I mean, that's important. Yeah.
1: Um, so our prop guide will be in your inbox this week. Um, and it We will, know all the right answers. We right. just got to
0: write them up for you.
1: Right. We're just, we're struggling with the execution part, but we <laughs> have all of the thinking down. Yeah. So, Get ready for that. You've probably been seeing... This is actually... It's both not an interesting year for props at all and also a very interesting year because it's a year in which a lot of the progressive and moderate guides disagree. So Uh even though most of the props aren't that interesting, we don't have any props this year that are like secret, underhanded, individual billionaire's attempts to do one obscure policy that... You know, that kind of thing. We do have the most expensive prop in California history on the ballot, though. Uh And that is well, that's going to be a thing. It's not going to be an interesting thing, but it's certainly too expensive. No. And yeah. that is something we know for sure. Um, and we do have one prop that has some secret funding going on, but it's not like the years where we have like 18 props and three of them cancel each other out and like five right. of them are end runs around the legislature or yeah. whatever.
0: I feel but, like usually by the time I'm done writing the prop guide, I'm ready to go on like some angry screed I, about... Too <laughs> About how annoyed I was that I had to research all of that bullshit. That's right. And this year is going to be less of that. It'll still anger me just because there's still too many there's still it it's triggering, so it's, it's, it's going to trigger me. And also, but, there's still a dialysis prop. <laughs> a di- there should be one. I got a, a very sad text message from someone who's going to die if I vote the wrong way on this dialysis prop yesterday, including a very sad picture of her oh, <laughs> to God. my phone oh, yeah. the other day. <laughs> I sent it to you. Yeah, Angie. Yeah, get off Angie. my jock, Angie.
1: she no, oh, has <laughs> been on TV. Angie is everywhere. <laughs> oh, it's Jesus. like impossible. But And yet, somehow, even though Angie has been everywhere, that's not the prop that has all the fun That's this not year. the one. That's no. not the one. So... Uh-uh. Um, so listen, you guys, the prop guide is coming and it still will be both a fun read and an informative read. And it won't be as frustrating as it's been in years past, but you probably, if you're somebody who consults various guides around town are a little confused about how you should vote on things because they all disagree. Yeah. A lot of the props, here's the thing about so many of the props is that they don't matter. (laughs) That's why, that's why no one knows how to vote on them because they don't matter that much. Yeah. In any case, they're ra- they're important enough that you're going to want to read our guide. You'll have that next week. That's also, right. if you aren't a California voter, uh, voter registration deadlines are coming up in a ton of places in the next
0: yeah. few weeks and months. ballots are going out in a lot of places. Exactly. Early voting is starting in a lot of places. So yeah. Stay
1: on your toes is yeah. all we're saying.
0: Maybe I need to do that. I
1: mean, Brent might need to do that as well. <laughs> well, and also as a reminder to California or to L.A. voters We have a pretty uh, easy voting system here, so even if you don't get your ballot... Oh yeah, if
0: that ballot doesn't show up, I'm not going to be deterred.
1: (laughs) Right. You can go to any vote center in the city. You can vote on their potentially suspicious machines. I read some article about the voting... But like, you know, just, you'll find a way. Yeah, you can create a
0: barcode on your phone before you go. That's right.
1: Also, if you are going to vote in person, wear a mask. COVID is coming from every corner. (laughs) That's all. Of, that's not going to be all that I say about that, but that's what I'm saying about that right now. Sure. The reason we know that is because you may have heard that the LA City Council had a little bit of a situation go on, but one of the situations that resulted from that bigger situation that we're about to discuss is people getting fucking COVID because they were in a room full of people just yammering without masks on.
0: Yeah. That person was Mike Bonin, and we'll get to him in a second, but he... Fastest that, recovery that I've meeting, ever heard of. That meeting, I think, was on Tuesday, right? Was it not? Because yeah. I don't think it was on Monday. Maybe it was. It was early in the week, but regardless, I saw a tweet from him either yesterday or today that was like, thanks for all the well wishes, guys. Don't worry about it. I don't have COVID anymore. And I was like...
1: You recovered s- in record time. Sir. <laughs> record time. I think it was Thursday. Well, it was the Thursday of... I don't know what day it is today, so that's making it talk. Not last Thursday. I, you guys, I don't know. Forget I don't know. The point is, he, it's been too soon.
0: Right. I was going to say, regardless of what Mike Bonin's COVID test is telling him, don't be in his airspace That's if right. you can help it right now.
1: Yeah. I, anyway. And as much as mask, we all love
0: Mike Bonin right now. Right.
1: <laughs> wear a mask in anyone's airspace right now. Well. I mean, it's time. Yeah. Um, in any case, the LA City Council <sighs> transcended its uh, sort of perennial second place status as the, <laughs> as the largest city city council that no one ever, ever talks about. When do you ever hear anyone talk about the L.A. City Council? Literally never. Maybe it's because, so both Chicago and New York have about 50 city councilors in their city council. L.A. only has 15.
0: Yeah. We haven't changed the number of people. We haven't changed the number of people I think I heard this week since like 1927 or something insane. They all
1: represent like hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. So like, it's chaos already. Yeah. But um, more so than that, more than just the chaos of the cabal that has run the city council for years... Um, there was an additional scandal this week when it turned out that everyone was having closed-door racist conversations about redistricting, um, and Angelenos woke up to the news that many of the most prominent members of the city council, including some people who had been sort of cast as progressive heroes in the past. Totally.
0: Uh. People that we have told you to vote for.
1: People that we have told you to vote for. People who have run to the left of moderate Democrats in statewide races. Yeah. Um, turned out to be part of a conversation that, uh. Did not cast them or anyone in a great light, but also was amazingly racist to the extent that they managed to be both explicitly racist and also just like casually racist towards everyone else.
0: Well, that was the thing that I think get has I mean, there were so many specific things that were said that were just sort of like actively racist. Like full racist things. But beyond that, the the core conversation itself was racism yeah. in the sense that like the conversation was all about redistricting and it was about how to limit power of certain groups. So regardless of the like racist name calling, which yes, is bad. I'm not dismissing it at all because it was terrible, but like the the core like base for the conversation itself was like built on a very systemic type of racism yeah. that is like, you know, worse than the name calling really. I, I mean,
1: It was layers upon layers of racism. (laughs) And like truly like shocking things being said by sitting officials. Yeah. So we had Nuri Martinez, who is- Council president. The president of the city council. The president of the city council, who is going on a long unhinged rant in which she is both explicitly racist towards, uh, you know, well, basically every single ethnic group that lives in Los Angeles, yeah. but also um, specifically, she's criticizing Mike Bonin, who is a progressive city councilor who is leaving this year, and makes racist comments about his black son. Um, yeah. And then, literally, at, while talking about George Gascon, uh, which is sort of, and this is relevant later in the story, says he's our, says, district, he's our attorney. district attorney, yeah. right? Um, says, quote, he's with the blacks <laughs> at one point, which is like, like these are like shockingly like explicit, Wild. horrible things to be hearing. Yeah. But there's a you know. She, they, in the conversation, they disparaged Jews, gay people. I mean, they yeah. went with everyone. Hawkins,
0: fellow Mexicans. Well, Hawkins, yeah. mm-hmm.
1: which is, like, also a confusingly specific turn of events. And that's, I feel like, also, that's, like, such a specific kind of racism. Because it's, like, a kind of racism that, like, it's, like, an inter-Mexican racism. So, like, that's not even racism that someone else would think to bring up. In well, a, right. Like, they went as... They went as whole hog on racism as they they did. Taught, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. In any case. Um, but she's in conversation with Kevin DeLeon, who we have encouraged you to vote for against Dianne Feinstein in the Senate. Uh, wow. For He's the former Senate. Uh, the former head of the state senate state and right, we have yes. v- encouraged you to vote for him in the senate primary and general in uh the, like the national Stein. senate uh seat and then gil Sidio, who is a city councilor, who is actually going to be leaving office at the end of this year right. thank well, god he lost because uh, he lost to a progressive right. challenger and really what's underpinning a lot of this is the fact that progressive challengers have started to emerge in the la city council races and so like Gil Cedillo was taken out in the primary because his opponent Eunice Hernandez, got more than fifty percent of the vote. Right. Big progressive
0: um, DSA candidate. Big progressive DSA
1: <laughs> candidate. And so, you, and so, you're, what you have is like the sort of legacy of the Nithya Raman victory kind of hanging over them. Yeah. Because all of this has been about trying to stem that tide because it was so shocking to them when she kind of broke the power base of the city council. And she did that.
0: Well, and they talked specifically about her seat in this conversations and say that that's the district that they want to, I think the term that they use is like put into a blender. Yes. Right? So like this conversation is... This this district is is already the
1: craziest district in the entire world. How they could further (laughs) put that into a blender. It's like, it's shaped like... Yeah. Uh, I, th- there's not shaped like anything that yeah. exists in nature, so I don't, don't know what well, reference. I and I think
0: use. I think what has been so like uh, wild about that conversation is because I think a lot it woke a lot of people up to like how some of these maps get drawn in the yeah. first place. And this year or, or this redistricting time, the the city council basically like redistricted themselves. And right. and like the, it used to be a much more open process and I believe that it was done by independent commission. I'm not sure the exact details, but like they sort of like took over more power themselves to draw those districts this year. And now you see, um, you know, a uh, uh, Mitchell Farrell out there being like, we need to look at the, how we r- draw these districts and we need to like really, uh, you know, uh, have like, a lot independent of independent redistricting. To, indep- right. And we need to like add more city councilors, and we really need to overhaul how this is right. And it's like Mitch O'Farrell, if you don't know, is also a known terrible person, and right. we just found out—I think today, actually—that yeah. one of his either current aides or former aides or whatever was actually in this meeting. Of course. Um, and, of course. Uh, so, and and he's now the, um, the like, you know the, the the head of the, the sort
1: of temporarily has taken head, over so. for
0: Nuri Martinez, right? And so, but we knew he was horrible. He might also lose in November, potentially. Anyway, he's, yeah. he's, he has in a progressive a very, challenger. He has a progressive challenger who's you know could could very well their primary was close, uh, and it's a rematch because those are the it's those are the two that moved on. But you know, I, I it's like. It, I think what has there's it's like you said there's layers what obviously the name calling I was what immediately like set people off and rightly so yeah. but then everybody sort of like started looking at like what the context for all of these conversations were and then it got even m- more gross yeah
1: no it's like a really shocking for it's like Nixon level shocking that they were taping themselves having this conversation anyway like. Don't have these thoughts in your head, but if you're saying them out loud, don't put yourself on tape. I mean, what? good lord. Yeah, <laughs>
0: like, I don't think we st- I st- we still don't yet know who was recording. I no, think, I know. Do we?
1: But you also, as a public official, if you are not already a, like, thoughtful person, which you should be anyway, you have to assume you're being recorded all the time. You can't say stuff like this in well, closed-door <laughs> meetings. Even if you think that you're in a private meeting, first of all, it... It's already problematic that you are breaching the public trust even having these conversations in private.
0: Well, that's what I think actually—and they weren't actually really private because Ron Herrera but was there and he's not at the city council. Exactly. So I actually think this week the DOJ has said that they're opening up an investigation they because it's, it seems like there were probably some, some laws about how this was being discussed in a, t- a meeting like this and not, you know, with the public or like actually being available to the public to see— could have been actually illegal regardless of its immense racism.
1: Well, that's... I mean, like, Ron Herrera is the head of the LA County Federation of Labor. He's already had to resign, but he was also in the meeting. Like, we're not talking about also, like, a meeting that was happening in, like, you know, Martinez's living room, like, privately. No, this was an official meeting. This is an official meeting. Yeah. So, the the breach of public trust was uh, massive and shocking. And I will say, the 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 residents of the city of Los Angeles really do come to play in moments like this in ways that I don't even see people in New York react when oh. crazy shit goes on. I mean, good for us. I feel like if if there was one thing we learned from that uh, police funding meeting where everyone yes. kind of like went off the rails, yeah, it's that like when Angelinos are upset about something like this, they show up to the public comment period, like. In full force. Oh, yeah. These, the public... So, here's what happened. They decide they're <laughs> going to hold a city council session after all of this. Protesters yeah. show up. Because Martinez, Cedillo, and De Leon have not resigned at this point. Yeah. They're just, like, thinking they're going to resume business. <laughs> the entire city shows up to protest.
0: Right. About 30 minutes before the meeting, Nuri Martinez did...
1: Yes, she takes a, quote, leave of a absence. Leave.
0: Right, she's since fully resigned. She's but since yeah, fu- she took a, that's She's right. the only was, one, th- though. Right, but before the meeting, she, had just took, before she took a leave.
1: Takes a leave of absence, and so Mitch O'Farrell is suddenly leading the meeting. Another terrible person that nobody likes. Yeah. Um,
0: Threatens to have people forcibly removed at one point, which went over as well as you might think that it yeah. would.
1: Yeah, right. And there's like, by the way, there's like protesters in the you know council chambers, but there's also protesters like surrounding them in the building. Like it's not a great scene for them. Um, in any case, Mike Bonin comes and delivers remarks that are widely you know heralded right. as cries, you know cries, yeah, um, and gets COVID, and then <laughs> then the public comment period starts. Right. And I love an Angelino public comment period <laughs> when people are really pissed off because yeah. my favorite thing about them is no one like everyone comes up to the stand. And the first thing that they say is something like, first of all, fuck you. And then, and then they deliver their comment. And it just is like over and over and over again, people come up and they're like, the first thing is, you all fucking suck and you should resign. They, like everybody started their comments just like amazingly. <coughs> I and know. like my mom made us listen to the entire comment period over <laughs> It's just like two hours of people yeah. screaming, fuck you to, the, to
0: yeah. the city council. A lot of people um, saying, I'm with the blacks. Yeah, also The other in hilarious thing. To- to-
1: was the, the people were saying I'm with the blacks as if that was like an organizational affiliation <laughs> that they had, which was kind of amazing. Um, but to this very moment, Nuri Martinez is the only one of them that has resigned.
0: Yeah. So even I, Joe Biden said that they Joe should resign. Joe Biden
1: had to learn who Gil Cedillo is. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the world that we're living in right now. God, Joe so. Biden had to find out who Gil Cedillo is. Yeah. This is not. No one has time for that. <clears throat> um, no. But so you were positing a theory about why they have not resigned that I think is the correct theory uh, that you and Jeremy were talking about Well, yeah.
0: I mean, I think that, like, uh, you know, look, we already – one of the conversations that they're having in these meetings is who is going to take over for someone because they, I think, had to appoint someone uh, at some point for somebody. And they had a long conversation about who was going to be, like, the best for them, essentially, right? Right. My guess is that they are all – well, first off, like you said, you know um, – or no, it's O'Farrell actually who might lose his his seat. But um, what's the has it? already Cidillo lost has his already seat. seat. Yeah. I think they're probably either a waiting for the elections to be over, or they're trying to find somebody who is. It's a power play essentially yeah, yeah. right now, right? Like I mean, they're all telling an engineer Ke- they're, replacement they're, right, that works. They're, for them. they're all telling Kevin de Leon that he should resign. Publicly, anyway. Right. But privately, I'm sure that they're all probably meeting very closely with him to try and figure out how this is going to work when he actually resigns. What I don't understand, and this is another thing that Jeremy said, is that you can just say that you're resigning.
1: Right. And then <laughs> make mean, no you moves. I still, mean,
0: you still do eventually have to at some point. But, like, you can be in a period of, I'm going to resign for the next month if you want to be. Yes. I, you know, I, like...
1: Well, and that's what um, I think is frustrating about this situation. It's bizarre
0: that they just think that, like, they're just going gonna, like, gonna to go about business.
1: Yes. It's like, no, you have to make moves to say that you're resigning. Like, Sadio doesn't because he's leaving. Right. He should anyway. He should, he should resign right now. N- none of the three of them, and frankly, most of the rest of the council, but certainly none of the three of them deserve to be in public office, being paid by taxpayer funds, or in any way serving the public after having revealed themselves to be of this kind of character. Yeah. So, like, I don't even. Like, it is better to have no one representing you than to have, like, complete assholes representing you who have breached your trust. Yeah. So, like, to some extent, I'm just like, you have to resign. You have to, you can participate in advocating for your constituents to your heart's content because you can do that as a private citizen. Yeah. And, you know, certainly you have special access if you're a former city council member. Yeah. But you you do not get to continue to take taxpayer money uh To pay your salary, you do not get to continue to have a staff. You don't get to continue to do those things if you have breached the trust, the public trust to this extent, I don't think. So I'm like kind of shocked that these resignations have not like they have had time to figure out a replacement situation. I mean, and maybe given how terrible they are, they should have thought about this before this all came out, just in case.
0: (laughs) Seems like that's um, wild. But so in any case. It's just so it's also just so anti-democratic. It's you know. So and I think that, you know, this was your note, and I'll let you take most of it, but I'll just... Go for I, it. I, no, no. You know, I mean, I think that, like, you know, we're seeing, you know, all of these guys are Democrats, obviously. We've talked a lot about, you know, Democrats talk about, like, how, you know, saving democracy is, like, number one on their list of things to do, and then they've, you know made sure that a bunch of election deniers and, you know, January 6th people have won their primaries because they'd be easier to beat in a general yeah. election. They've done that all across the nation. They're probably going to lose some of those, right? That's so sure. like this... And then also, you know, some of you might roll your eyes at us, but we've certainly seen two presidential primaries right. where there has been anti-democratic meddling going on. And I think I it think just sort just of... rolled like, your
1: eyes, fuck off. <laughs> well,
0: right. I was actually... <laughs> Find a different podcast. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> but... You know, I, I think that, like, that was the another thing that sort of, like, felt there was a layer of grossness for me yeah. that maybe some other people didn't specifically feel. But it's just like, it's like you said, it, it blows up any sort of, you know, uh, guys that the Democrats are under that they're, like, really some, like, out here trying to save America and save democracy and, like, you know, be one with the people. It's like, n- you're not. So...
1: I- <laughs> no, and it also, it puts a really... um <clears throat> What I think is a more honest face on that kind of meddling as well, because I think a lot of the time you imagine this is happening in like official closed door meetings where people in suits are having respectful conversations about how they can like thwart the will of the people. Right. But that's not actually what we now have evidence is happening in these meetings. What we have is a bunch of not professional people saying heinous things about their own constituents and about the residents of the city that they purport to represent and work for. Yeah. Um, And that means that when you a regular american person picture what is happening in those meetings at the federal level or what's happening in those meetings in other you know in other local capacities yeah. that's going to be the voice you have in your head not the voice of what we always assume is you know responsible adults having responsible adult conversations and patronizing people being patronizing to us instead what you have is like a bunch of like assholes having a truly heinous conversation yeah. and doing it as if they, you know, are don't owe us the people and any of the respect that we have sort of endowed them with. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that this is like kind of it's made me rethink a little bit just how I even frame some of that DNC behavior in my head. Sure. Because previously, even I was sort of thinking like it was the Debbie Wasserman Schultz of the world, like. Having boring conversations via, you know, (laughs) via official channels with each other about how, you know, using coded language to discuss how they were going to, you know, ensure that certain electorate didn't have a say and that, you know, certain young people didn't get, like, whatever they were going to do. And that is how I've always pictured all of these things happening. Yeah. Um, but. That, I don't think, is now how I'm picturing those conversations happening. And also, this put a very honest face on what those conversations are really about.
0: Yeah. Because those conversations
1: are about splitting up electorates to rob certain electorates of power and provide undue power to other electorates. And, you know, as is the case in almost every situation, it is generally designed so that black voters get disempowered it yep. is generally designed so that middle-class white voters get undue say in things yep. it is you know i mean like, they we're going
0: after renters specifically yes. in this that was oh. a big part of this conversation and that was because was of that a big part of sure. the comment
1: period because they are about to lose renter. they're about to get rid of renter protections
0: yep
1: in, in a city that has the worst housing crisis in the country yeah i mean it's like really, it blows your mind <laughs> it doesn't blow your mind because they're obviously assholes but like it blows it's like
0: yeah. like
1: how don't how could things be that bad yeah, right. I mean, I unbelievable. Know. I know. <laughs> but this, I mean, this is, I think, how you should think about these kinds of conversations happening in your own community as well. Yeah. If you have a party that is playing an undue role in the primary process to try to privilege certain moderate candidates over other candidates, yeah. it's always moderate. I i was like, they're going to think I'm being biased, but also it's, it's always moderate candidates. <laughs> it's so I don't always. know. It's like, I didn't have to clarify that, no. but you know <laughs> what I mean. Um, but like, if, if that is something that is happening in your community, like this is also what it is. It's, yeah. it's not just like an innocent attempt to protect democracy and save us from the Republicans. No, they're
0: actively trying to like... They're being fucking racist. Stu- yeah. Deal with that. Yep. <laughs>
1: like, yep. um, so in any case, what... The, the fact, I mean, the thing that impressed my parents the most about this was that it made the front page of the New York Times. They were just like, if the New York Times thought that the L.A. City Council was the most important national news in the country, then like thing, things are topsy-turvy. If there's one city that New York City does not respect in the slightest, it's L.A. I can right. confirm that as somebody who basically splits time between the two. Right. Um, constantly faced with questions about why I would come back to this kind of a shithole. I mean, just pe- I by people who've never been here. I mean, people. Were there know like
0: nearly riots when there was that article about like how the bagels were good in Los Angeles? Yes,
1: I, <laughs> people <laughs> reference it all the time. And what's even worse is that people in LA will reference it to me, and I'll be like, "I can't give you this. You guys. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I don't
0: care what the time. It said. doesn't even matter
1: what the article said. I looked at the article, and I was like, certainly not. <laughs> this is not. I'm not willing to entertain this, and I just moved on with my life. So, yeah, that's. The, if, if, if LA City Council made the front page, the main headline in the New York Times, then like shit has really hit the fan. I guess once Biden weighed in, it was like, what other news was there? I know. And that is embarrassing, you I guys.
0: Know. It is.
1: And we can say all of this because we don't technically live in the city of West, all- I mean the city of uh, LA. <laughs> I know, we
0: can't We can't. Un- vote we're not responsible for any responsible of these people. Anyway. people. Yeah. We're currently <laughs> panicked about who we're supposed to vote for oh my in God. our own city council. You guys, our city council <laughs> race is a
1: true mess. A true yeah. mess. And also, a true mess... Fred Savage is running.
0: Ben Savage. I mean Ben Savage is, it? damn it. Yeah, ben no, Savage okay. is running. Yeah, from a, a Meets B- World Me fame. Yeah.
1: Is running for uh, for West Hollywood City he's Council. He's fashioned
0: himself as like a very pro-police. Yeah, he's like the law uh, and order candidate law and order in candidate.
1: The, <laughs> the West Hollywood City Council. There's so many confusing signs because there's also someone named Steve Martin running, but it's not the Steve Martin, but it I, there's Steve Martin signs all over yeah. my part of the neighborhood. I I don't know who that is. Um
0: it, I I I love it here. I know. I didn't, <laughs> Screw our, whatever your New York City people our say. Our elections because are like, the this best is what, in West Hollywood. They don't get this. They don't get this, And no. maybe they think that they don't want it, but like, no, what, you a, do, what a delight. <laughs>
1: listen, after I started getting campaign mailers from a candidate a few years ago whose main issue was to get them to disallow the use of grinder at city council meetings, I was like, I'm never leaving here. I can never leave this place. This is too amazing. His campaign literature had Dorothy's red shoes on it. I mean, that's what we have here. Yeah. In any case. <laughs> What a place to
0: live.
1: <laughs> Let's talk about the Senate.
0: Oh my God. There's Senate races, guys. There's a it's lot of them. very close to, uh, well, we just, we talked about it already. Early voting is starting. Yeah. So we're out there looking to see who's going to be in control of the Senate. And who knows <laughs> is the answer. That's If you're looking for a definitive answer from us.
1: We can't uh, tell you.
0: We're not going to give it to you.
1: It looks like in Arizona, Mark Kelly has been consistently up.
0: And, and just keep in mind, as you know, everybody knows, because everybody knows it's the tragic world we're living in. It's right. a 50-50 Senate, right? right? So Republicans need a, a plus one overall okay. somewhere, but they're probably going to lose one somewhere or maybe two places. Right. So you got to sort of keep that all in the back of your mind as we tell you sort of like the state of the race here as to sort of like, you know, Democrats just need to hold on to everything. Yeah. Right?
1: Which is famously a thing they're terrible at.
0: Famously, and there's a few, th- we'll tell you which ones they are here. Right, <laughs> um, some concerns. Uh, and then, you know, there's some that, there's like crazy, you know, fever dreams that Democrats think that they might win, like Val Demings, and that's just like, stop. Nonsense. Just uh, move on with your lives. I'm, also, I'm sorry. Also, don't, you know.
1: Just imagine how much more of her TikTok presence we would have to endure if she was a senator.
0: I know, it's not it's great. It's the
1: worst TikTok on yeah. the entire planet. So anyway, Paul I started. Paul s- campaign, yeah. how hard is oh that? Oh my God,
0: I know. So anyway, I started skipping around. We're yeah, actually right. going in alphabetical order. You started with Arizona, and then I interrupted you just That's to fine. sort of give people well, the backstory. just to get people... But carry on.
1: Arizona. Mark Kelly's up. We did that. Florida. Marco Rubio's up. Surprise, yeah. surprise. And they getting, have terrible taste in Florida.
0: Getting more up. Getting also. more up by the moment. Yeah.
1: Also, Val Demings is running on a law and order fucking platform as a Democrat in a moment in which all Republicans are running on law and order platforms, and they're the lawiest and orderiest of them all because they want actual fascism. So you can't win on that front no, and you also can't win wasn't
0: she a police officer or something yeah that's yeah but it's like thing.
1: that speaks for itself she was a police officer if you want a law and order candidate you could vote for her because she's a former police officer you know who's never been a police officer marco rubio but that <laughs> isn't stopping the, vo- the voters of uh, florida no. who love law and order candidates from yeah. making terrible choices and but they'll we're, continue just, we're just
0: like not currently living in a world where val demings or probably really as much as i dislike val demings Probably not even a good candidate yeah. that's a Democrat is winning in Florida no. right now. That's just, like, not what's happening. It's, not, it's, it's unfortunate not for us because moment. it doesn't seem that long ago where maybe we had a chance there. But, like, that's just not, very what, 20, that's very not 2022 right now.
1: Trumpy mood in Florida. It's they not, have DeSantis yeah. with his ridiculous boots. I mean, they have a lot going on. Yeah. Plus, things are in chaos in Florida because the entire state was taken out by a hurricane just a few weeks well, ago. Well, right. Yeah. Um, Georgia. We're next up. Here's, I have something to say about this race though, because I've heard a lot of scaremongering about this race and maybe I'm dumb and that's fine. Um, but I feel like this is like a Roy Moore situation or like a Todd Akin situation where it's like a candidate that is so horrendous, I'm talking about Herschel Walker, obviously, um, <laughs> that like as much as like the polling is gonna show that you know, the, the race is pretty close, when people actually get into the voting booth they're not going to feel right about voting for somebody who has had as many blunders as Herschel Walker has had in just the last like seven days.
0: I actually completely agree with you, and I like, think the this polling, happens every time the with polling, these kind of candidates. The polling backs that up, and I think that there's layers to this polling. But one of the interesting things that has been coming out of recent polling is that you're seeing Warnock ahead by a reasonable amount, and then Brian Kemp up ahead a reasonable yeah. amount, which is unfortunate. And I think that. You know, in large part, does speak to the fact that like people just don't have a comfort level voting for Herschel Walker. I think there's Jeez. pieces of that that might also point to potentially Stacey Abrams not being the world's greatest candidate. And I, I would, you know, not be at shocked me, to I don't you care. Say, uh, like, but I, yeah, I would just... never ask
1: you for that because I uh, think that that is true of Stacey um, Abrams. But
0: but you know, I think that's going to be an interesting thing to look for in that race specifically is whether you know Raphael Warnock is tired of having to drag people yeah. over the finish line with him. But also, and I'm sure he's happy to do it, certainly. Right. He would love Stacey Abrams to be the governor of, of Georgia. But currently, the only reason John Ossoff is the senator from Georgia right now right, is because, because Warnock. Raphael Warnock is just out John here. John like a
1: famed loser.
0: Dragging, dragging losers over the finish yeah. line with him.
1: No, and I also, this points to why it's so important to have good candidates. Good
0: candidates. Warnock is
1: a good candidate. That's yeah. why he's the sort of the yeah. the lead force on the Democratic ticket in Georgia. It's yeah. why he's able to kind of like pull out some of these wins for people who really have no business winning anything. Yeah. I mean, Ossoff is barely a person that you can <laughs> note as, as a person. He li- <laughs> his TikTok was about Muesli. I mean, things are outrageous. But like, I feel like <laughs> Warnock is a, an actual good candidate. And because of that, he, I, I just like don't see a world in which like he is not competitive against Herschel Walker. And again, I don't know what's going on in Georgia. Could be anything. They certainly make it difficult to vote. Like a lot, lot of craziness. Yep. But it just seems like we are devoting a lot of time and energy to this race because Warnock. I mean, because uh, Walker is just like nonstop chaos of, of you know, scandal. Yep. Um, And also, this abortion drama has been drawn out for. But it's like. I know. None of
0: none of the latest polling have have a full period of of polling that that takes that into reference. Yeah.
1: I just like. (laughs) The kinds of people who vote for a Herschel Walker don't care if he's a hypocrite, but those kinds of people don't actually make up a majority of the electorate. No,
0: that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I think people were, you know, shocked and appalled that there were a lot of people who sort of, like, you know, claimed to be pro-life and, you know, all of these things that, like, came to his aid and, like, forgave him for that. That is... That's what they do. That's what they do, and that is also that is not that many people in the scope of like the millions of people are going to vote in the Georgia election. Exactly. Yeah.
1: No, that's, I feel like we're getting a little bit, we're sort of like mistaking the trees for the forest. That's the right direction of that metaphor, right? So People like use that. that metaphor in both directions and I always do the wrong one when I try. To, I, I'm impressed that I even went for it because I was like, this is going to go terribly. Anyway, okay. let's talk about Nevada. The We have a Julia Brownlee situation on our hands here in Nevada.
0: Listen, Catherine Cortez Masto, well, first off, kudos to her Digital team, because I have unsubscribed yeah. from at least seven hundred email chains from Catherine Cortez both of us. Master. <laughs> They Right, they're winning right now. <laughs> right. They, they may not win this race because they're down in the polling, right. and that's why she's emailing us so much. And every she d- definitely has gone to the Nancy Pelosi school of emailing right. Final because nail they're all of email. <laughs> Right. exactly. I'm officially dead <laughs> right. in the water. Just kill me now. Like those are the subject lines of all of her emails. And uh, texts, too, I've stopped to ended uh, from Catherine Cortez Masto you cannot so many times. You cannot stop to can't. fully quit those texts. <laughs> you can't.
1: That's, no. No, we are being inundated and outsmarted by that campaign every day, and yet they have not managed to outsmart the voters in Nevada. And that's what's curious about this whole thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so this is actually now becoming sort of like the real hotbed for battles here right now. Yeah. Because as we said, the GOP needs to pick up just one seat here however you know things aren't looking great in georgia as we said and that was one that they thought that they could win things aren't looking great in pennsylvania either and that would be a pickup for the democrats so even to keep this 50-50 the Republicans are really feeling like they have to, have to, have to, have to have this Nevada seat. Yeah. And they're ahead. You know, it's like within the margin of error, it does show, you know, the all of the polls taken together shows Black's all ahead by like 1.7 points. So right. like, it's going to be close. Yeah. But like, I think that like, I wouldn't want to be living in Nevada right now just because...
1: Yeah. Well, and she's not an interesting enough candidate to well, pull man, this up. out is the thing. It's like, if you have a Warnock on your ticket when that kind yeah. of thing happens, maybe a Beagle photo shows up and you try something, you know? But like, I just don't... I For all of the emails and texts we've been getting from that campaign, I haven't noted any of the content other than that they seem very desperate. <laughs>
0: right. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, so anyway.
1: We have New Hampshire. Maggie Hassan will probably win that race. Yeah,
0: I, there was some reporting this week that the GOP is pulling a lot of money out of there because um, that was another one that they, I think they felt like they could maybe yeah. play in. That New Hampshire is sort of like the GOP's... Florida to the Democrats. I feel like yeah. every single election cycle rolls around and everybody like talks about like how this yeah. might be the year that like the GOP is going to like win New Hampshire. And also like, well, in a Senate race, it's important because everybody gets two senators. In a, right. <laughs> in and And New Hampshire in doesn't a, have any right, people. Right, right, so. it, was, it doesn't have any people. So it only has like two electoral votes or something right. like that. But like, it's just like, I can't remember. Maybe they've had statewide elected officials, but like Demo- Republicans just don't win their statewide very often.
1: Here's what happened that freaked everyone out because they're very moderate because they're libertarians so they lean moderate. Um, But they had that year where there was like a Tea Party wave in their state house and shit just like Oh, they had a Republican governor too. Didn't they have What's-His-Nuts who's kind of... Who neither of us remember the name of. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, No, but they they had like, they had people bringing guns onto the floor of the chamber. I mean, they had all sorts of chaos and then they kind of learned their lesson for a while and they were like, Never mind with this. And (laughs) since then, they've been pretty much towing the line. But I think it's because like 10 years ago, they went so full tilt bananas that everyone is now like, no one can trust New
0: Hampshire. Yeah. Got it. Um, But
1: that was Tea Party era. That was not Trump era. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Who I mean, knows. it's
1: hard to remember that we had a pre-Trump era where things were terrible too. But here we are. Yeah. Let's talk about North Carolina because that's an open seat.
0: Yeah, and, and this a is a close one, race. I've been just recently learning about yeah. this, and I think that yes, that's probably th- the th- case. it's not getting with, enough attention. It's not getting enough play. And I actually, you know, usually you see DNC type hacks on your TV telling you to do something, and you sort of just immediately like, you know. Blackout, yeah. that's what I do anyway. Yeah, um, but they were talking about this North Carolina race, and I didn't know anything about it. And actually, a lot of people are sort of like if you're one of these people that wants to sort of like blindly throw money at a race, like, you know, there's always these races. Yeah. in every cycle where people get like really hopped up on the idea that we might beat Marco Rubio right so everybody right. sends Val Demings like a unseemly dollars. amounts of money right and there's no world it goes directly go- into a very like, poor TikTok it was when presence. Amy McGrath had like one billion dollars in her campaign coffer and she lost to Mitch McConnell by 30 points which we all knew was going to happen right. so like why are you sending Amy McGrath any money if you want to send somebody money, somebody money send it to Sherry that Beasley could, could use it it's Sherry Beasley because that is an open seat And that's all of the polls are within the margin of error.
1: Yeah. Right. Ted Budd is up, but he's only up by like one or two points in all the polls.
0: She is a black woman. It's the first time there's been a black woman sort of leading any statewide ticket um, in North in North Carolina. We know that Obama won in North Carolina. I feel like obviously those comparisons aren't the same... Duh. Uh, right, right. So, like, don't you know? Comment me for that. <laughs> but to in the sense that, like, I think there's some hope that she might be able to drive turnout, especially in an off-year election, in ways that maybe some other boring North Carolina candidate that they're often want to nominate there. By the way, yes. I mean, how many? I mean. How many world's most boring white? Sixty-year-old Democrats have they tried to uh, run at people every in North
1: per, every single one right. yeah, exactly.
0: So you know who knows like uh, but yeah I think if you're looking for something to to do with your time and money
1: yeah um, well and this is going to be I think a closer race than what they normally find with those boring Democrats that they run so it, I think, would assume so I mean it's already close <laughs> how couldn't it be right, Absolutely right.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> it's already closer yeah um,
1: so that's that could be a pickup so keep your mind right. on that. And then the other seat that could be a pickup uh, is Ohio, which we know, which Tim Ryan and J.D. Vance, who are physically interchangeable, are running for. And that is part of the problem that I've been having with this race. Right.
0: Also within like one point, essentially, when all of the the polling average.
1: Within less than a point in most recent polls. Um, But here's a question I have about this race, which is like also a question about having a good candidate, which I don't believe that Tim Ryan is and have said for a long time I don't believe that Tim Ryan is. I shouldn't. This race be less close. J.D. Vance is an idiot. He's like an actual dumb person. He's
0: an idiot. I know.
1: He wrote one best-selling novel. Or not novel. Memoir or whatever. Me- yeah, right. But it's like beyond that, yeah. I what has he brought in terms of thoughts or ideas uh, into the none. mix? None. I know. So like how is it that Tim Ryan, a man who looks like a linebacker, and also claims to love meditation and that is the only thing that i know about him i know is not just wiping the floor with this i mic. know
0: i don't know i mean i think the i think the electorate in ohio probably is also like a, you know has moved it seems like yeah. i mean those those statewide elections have not been that close, and they certainly yeah. the presidential elections haven't seen that been that close. I don't know. But Tim, they is Tim very moderate to,
1: there. I mean, their they're, they're Republicans know. are moderate yeah. usually.
0: Well, I think Tim Ryan actually probably more so than some of these other Senate candidates. And again, I don't take this as an endorsement of Tim Ryan, but like at least in terms of like what I've seen, like is talking about like economic issues, yeah. and like is sort of like has claimed that like he would like to fashion himself as a Sherrod Brown type character, and like I don't trust him to be able to do that. I can't but can't like do it, but. in terms of like. I think he's at least sort of like more, and we're going to talk about this actually because it was yeah. kind of a hot button issue this week about like you know the Democrats' closing message here. I feel like he has at least sort of like been out there being yeah. like, let's make stuff in America, let's bring back like manufacturing jobs to Ohio. I feel like he's been talking about union shit. I like, and again, like I would could do without Tim Ryan in my life, well, but but I feel like he's probably like done maybe a better job than like some people might there. But you're absolutely right, J.D. Vance could not be dumber.
1: Well, you know what I think is going on here? Actually, because we're going to talk about Pennsylvania next. And I remember when Fetterman won that primary, and first started trolling Dr. Oz on the internet, we were talking about how one of the benefits of having like a Fetterman type character running against someone like Dr. Oz is that he doesn't sort of bring a traditional political messaging apparatus to a race that can't sustain one. And I think that Tim Ryan is essentially doing that. He's trying to bring traditional Ohio Rust Belt political messaging to a race in which chaos reigns and JD Vance is not on message and JD Vance is also an idiot right. and also JD Vance is not running Trump's on a traditional up. I mean, Trump has
0: been there right I mean, Trump's
1: been there JD Vance is not running on a traditional Republican platform no. so he's not it's like Tim Ryan is running in a vacuum where he's running a traditional campaign yeah. and JD Vance is not and I think that that probably isn't going to be as effective against these Trump candidates yeah, I think you might be right. as doing something wild going kind of balls to the wall yeah and I think that you know like we can even like one of the things about the Warnock, you know, Walker race is that even though Warnock is much more of a traditional kind of like DNC candidate, he is somebody who is sort of came came into the political sort of arena at a moment where that was transitional in Georgia. And so because of that, he's not really running on a traditional Georgia Democrat Democrat's message. He mm. is running on sort of like a national Democrat, you know, he's like a sort of yeah. fairly moderate Democrat for, you know, from, from the DNC side of things. But like he is sort of a transi- transitional figure in the Georgia Democrats where he is sort of like someone who took the Georgia Democrats from running boring white men to the Abrams era, you know, of actually winning with a sort of more diverse and more interesting coalition. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Tim Ryan is sort of like, a, like reaching into the past a little bit with his uh strategy that's probably true that that probably isn't what is gonna churn out the votes in this election though it would be nice if people were like wouldn't it you know i'm sure that there's a piece of it that they're polling and finding that voters in ohio care about the economy and they want to know about like all the things but it just feels like you have to have a second piece of your campaign that's geared towards how you address someone like a trump figure as opposed to assuming that your opponent isn't sort of a part of your strategy
0: yeah yeah and with that That let's talk about pennsylvania I know. I, this is going to be interesting. I mean, I still think Fetterman is probably going to win. Oh, yeah, we're going to have a... It's it's tightening ever so slightly, but Fetterman's still up by like three and a half points when you take the real clear polling average. There were some interesting stories this week yeah. about, you know... Closed captioning. About closed captioning because Fetterman needs it when being interviewed. He had an interview this week where the person who interviewed him said that there were times where he seemed to struggle, especially like with small talk before the closed captioning came on. But, like, he needs closed captioning, right? Yeah. And so that has also sort of, like, caused him to, I think, start talking a lot about, like, what it's like to live with a disability. Right. Um, which is an interesting turn that this race has taken. I feel like it'll be interesting to see how that, like, nets out for Pennsylvania yeah. voters. I, I Like, I'd i be lying if I say that I didn't have some concern about it. I because he, agree, yeah. He had some moments where he sort of, like, mushed some words together he had a hilarious video that he put out, out, out where he compared what he did to how um oz um mushed to get together the two names of those um grocery stores when he oh, right. messed up the name of the grocery store which i thought was genius yes. because it's like dr oz didn't have a stroke but he's out right. here not knowing the names of these exactly. two like long time pennsylvania grocery stores um but you know i mean it's not it's not nothing i would like yeah. it to be nothing obviously of course. right yeah but, yeah, but like, no
1: i agree that it's Worrying. Yeah. And with the the race tightening, it's just... So
0: that debate, I think, is going to be, like, a very telling.
1: Yes. Um, Well, and I assume that Oz is going to go on a real attack, sensing that this is his one opportunity. Oh, and he's going
0: to take every single, like, shady advantage he can to... I mean, even just to the... Even just in talking fast, so it'll take longer for closed captioning to, like... I mean, like, he's going to do whatever he can to, like, try and trip him up and, like, have him not know what he's saying.
1: Yeah. 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 That... Although... Doctor Oz is also an idiot, so it's like well, hard to know what's going to happen. I know this is a problem. No. there are too many idiots.
0: I know Fetterman also just released a video today <laughs> running for Republican which, seats, right now. which you should watch. It's hilarious. It's a montage of all the times Doctor Oz talking about like how he has um, tasted his own urine, <laughs> <laughs> and he called him the GOP P E E candidate for Senate. <laughs> and I mean, they're really doing the, the people I mean, work. That's
1: um. what are these campaigns that like call them?
0: Right, I know. You're Tim yeah.
1: Ryan. You you're have, next door. You're next door, and you're within a point. Call them. Right. What is wrong with everyone?
0: I know. Because JD Vance has Vance has definitely done something that's stupid. Let's I, be honest with ourselves.
1: I mean, you guys. <laughs> That's it's almost like they have too much to pick from with these people. Right. And so they're like struggling because they're just like, we don't want to talk about it and seem like we're petty. But it's like, right. be fucking petty. Be petty. This is the internet.
0: <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> I know. Yeah.
1: In any case, there were also some Senate debates this week.
0: Yeah. Oh, and lastly, that, Ron Johnson, really quick. Oh yes, sorry. right, sorry. That's Wisconsin. the last that's the last one we're gonna update you on. Johnson, the real clear politics polling average is up two point eight percent.
1: Right. Also, that's another one where if you're, like, looking to throw money at a Democrat, yeah. Mandela Barnes is... Mandela Barnes
0: was ahead in a lot of the polling. That's been weird polling happening in yeah. Wisconsin, and we've, as it turns out, if you've been alive for any of the last presidential elections, we don't fucking know what's going on right. in Wisconsin. No one knows how to vote so- Wisconsin.
1: So that race is open, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I and agree. you should...
0: Yeah. You but, should
1: go wild right. for it. But
0: you can understand why... Like, most of the projections, like, on the whole, have the Democrats retaining, even if it's a 50-50 retain. Right. Because the Republicans have to pick up one. And, like, look, maybe maybe they pick up Nevada. But, like, then they're also looking at a loss in Pennsylvania. And they're not going to be able to get this pickup in Georgia. And they could potentially lose in Wisconsin. And they could potentially lose in North Carolina. And they're going to lose in New Hampshire. So, like, you know, you'd rather be the Democrats probably, at least in the Senate, because these statewide races yeah. just play out differently than, you know, specific House districts do because it looks maybe not so great in the House. It doesn't look great house. in the House. We'll get to that in a second. But also,
1: but... the House, because of redistricting, is also, a whole yeah, who new knows? field. So totally. we truly know nothing about. And that, yeah. I think, that could net out terribly for us. I mean, yeah. we're talking, state government set up these districts. So, like, obviously, it could get, the state government situation right now is a nightmare. So, like, yeah. it could only, it could get worse and worse and worse. Um But that's something, an important thing to keep in mind is that we have like no fucking clue what's going on in the House because it's all new districts. So, but let's talk about the debate moments first Um, because Warnock and Walker Walker had a debate. Didn't disappoint. Did not disappoint. Um, Warnock was just a regular person at a debate. Walker (laughs) said almost nothing of any value other than hilarious things that were misspeaks Uh, and uh, misunderstandings.
0: I just love that he is doubling down on this fake... I know. Badge. The
1: police badge.
0: That he pulled out.
1: He was given he, an honorary badge.
0: He's got a lot of them, apparently.
1: Yeah. That's what happens. You get honorary random shit when yeah. you when you're a football guy. Yeah.
0: One of the issues in this race has been that Walker has been going around talking about like how he's basically like an active duty police yeah. officer.
1: He thinks he's a policeman.
0: He thinks he's a policeman.
1: Because he's been given an honorary badge. Yeah. Or maybe several honorary badges. But,
0: like, there's going to be an interview tomorrow, or Monday, as you're listening to this, that's going to come out with Kristen Welker from NBC, where she explains to him, because she asks him about it, and he (laughs) goes on, like, this long tirade about, like, how... He has all of these. And if any of these sheriff's offices want to call him up, then he can... Then he, like, basically, like, he thinks he's an on-call police officer. Yeah. Right? And so Kristen Welker explains to him that the National Sheriff's Association says that an honorary badge is, quote, for the trophy case. Yeah. Like, he literally does not understand that he's not an Academia not on active policeman. duty police officer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're at. That's where we're at, you guys, <laughs> with this guy.
0: <laughs> he also doesn't understand what type 1 diabetes is.
1: I mean, and you guys even like surprise surprise but also it feeds into a larger misunderstanding about just like what healthcare is well, and how it works yeah like he doesn't understand basically any issue that's not a personal issue of his as far as i can tell yeah because they were talking about the price of insulin obviously mm-hmm. because that's it's a concern a, to people concern to a lot of people yeah insulin users diabetics yeah. for example <laughs> yeah um and walker First of all, it doesn't seem to have heard of type 1 diabetes, because he, se- he seems to think you can fix diabetes with diet, and yeah. basically kind of made a comment that implied that if you have diabetes, it's your own fault.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what he said. He said, at the same time, you got to eat right, because Warnock may not know, and I know many people that's on insulin, and unless you're eating right, insulin is doing you no good.
1: Like, it's, that's, no, that's a different kind of diabetes, and also, type 2 diabetics still need fucking insulin. Anyway, um, but he also uh, doesn't really understand how health insurance works or who has it or who doesn't have it or really any of the particulars surrounding health insurance.
0: No, because there was a question from the moderator that said, with more than 1.5 million Georgians uninsured, is it time for the federal government to step in to ensure all Georgians have access to health care? There's a
1: simple answer to that question. It's yes.
0: Yes. And also, the wording of that question, God bless who asked it. Right? Right. Because, like, I'm sort of what a
1: question. surprised,
0: actually, because I'm sure that's just some sort of, like, hackish newspaper reporter who was probably yeah. moderating this. Like, and I don't mean to shame them, but, like, you know. Well, you're, it's an American hero not, who was moderating well, I was going to say, you're <laughs> not, like, people aren't just going around to asking candidates on statewide you know, right, forums. Like, real serious like, issues. should we just have government-run healthcare? As if it's a serious question where they're not also following up with, like, but how are you going to pay for it? Or whatever. Like, it was like a... That was just a very matter-of-fact question. Like, should we just be out here giving people healthcare?
1: <laughs> well, it's like... Also, sometimes with these, like... They're, with Depending on the uh, sort of host of a debate... Like, I, one thing that I talk about constantly, so you've heard me talk about it before, is I always say in a presidential year, I love when Fox News does Democratic uh, candidate forums because they ask them outright about abortion. They don't pussyfoot around like the Democratic networks do or the MSNBCs of the world or the CNNs do, where they say, like, they ask a question that's, like, coded and makes you feel like no one really wants abortion, but do, you know, like, in Fox News, they're like, do you think abortion should be legal for anyone at any time? (laughs) And you actually get to answer that question, which... The answer is should be yes, right. And you should not feel shame in saying that. But, like, you so rarely get asked a question like this in sort of major media debates. So yeah. statewide debates sometimes have these fun surprises. so, like, like you said, yeah. like kudos to whoever wrote that question. Um but also, we should be encouraging yeah. more people to ask these questions at bigger uh, in bigger <clears> forms.
0: but let me read you. Yes, I'm, I'm right, going right. to try. I'm going to do my best. I mean, I'm anyway. excited
1: to hear what you say.
0: Here's what he said in response to that question. Well, right now, people have coverage for health care is according to what type of coverage do you want? Because if you have an able-bodied job, you're going to have health care.
1: What is an able-bodied job?
0: But everyone else have health care is a type of health care you're going to get. And I think that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And, what Senator, <laughs> and <laughs> what Senator Warnock wants you to do is depend on the government. What I want you to do is get off the government health care mm. And get on the healthcare that he's got, pointing at Senator Warnock. Amazing. <laughs> to get you a better healthcare. Get so that- your
1: government hands off my Medicare.
0: <laughs> right. So that's what I'm trying to do, is to make you independent rather than dependent.
1: I want you to have a U.S. senator's public health care plan. Get off government health care and get on to the same health plan as U.S. senators, whose health care is paid for by taxpayers.
0: Oh, man.
1: This is the most roundabout get your medic get your grubby federal get your hands off my medic get your government hands off my medicare that i've ever heard anyone say in my life
0: i, I want somebody to ask him at the next debate oh there's once a night that he's not showing up to so they can't right. ask him but i want somebody to ask him ask his chair <laughs> ask his chair whether he thinks that we should um abolish private insurance companies <laughs> Because I have no idea what he'll say, it would be but an, it'll epic be, <laughs> but it'll be an epic answer, and I can all but guarantee you it'll be as coherent as the three days of responses that we got from Kamala Harris when she was asked about, <laughs> about her running for the. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> she had seventeen different answers I to mean, that question in like forty-eight hours. Right. <laughs> I
1: want people to just start asking him explicitly if he thinks, but that like socialist policy is a good idea in other areas.
0: Oh yeah. Because like, he's going to think that they are.
1: I, he obviously. <laughs> he basically just said that he would rather people have socialized health care than government yeah, health care, which is. A, he doesn't want capitalist government health care. He wants the full socialist health care <laughs> that the senators have.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> so good. Oh, wow. um, Ron Johnson also got booed at the <laughs> Wisconsin debate.
1: Because he's an asshole. He's an
0: asshole. I know.
1: The moderator asked. A very polite Midwestern-y sounding question. I mean, this is the most Midwestern thing I've ever heard of happening. He said, So our final question here tonight is, Both of you have been successful in life. You have 30 seconds here. Mr. Barnes, you go first. What do you find admirable about your opponent? I mean, what a sweet question Mm -hmm. for a debate. So Mandela Barnes, a generally nice person, replies... You know, I do think, you know, the senator has proven to be a family man, and I think he's admirable. You know, that's absolutely to be respected. He speaks about his family. He's done a lot to provide for them. I absolutely respect that. That's a the kind of non-answer you expect from... That's, a, that's, that's what you're going to get. Your politics suck, but you're nice to your family. Great. Yep. Ron Johnson, an asshole, says, you know, he appreciates that um, Mandela Barnes had, quote, loving parents, a school teacher, father worked third shift, and, you know, quote, a good upbringing, but then adds... I guess what puzzles me about this is with that upbringing, why is he turned against America? I mean, why does he find America awful? It puzzles me. And me, rightly, he got is,
0: booed. Why is he turned against America?
1: <laughs> and the moderator chided him and said, We said something admirable. I mean. Out of town with these people.
0: I mean, <laughs> why does he find surprise. America awful? <laughs> right.
1: Ron is a professional politician, though. He could have come up with a better answer than this. I know. He's not a JD Vance. Uh, no. He's a man who's had to stand on stage and make up words off the top of his head. Yeah. You know, and he couldn't come up with one nice thing to say about this man.
0: Well, he did, but then he just <laughs> couldn't stop himself. So. He, couldn't,
1: he just couldn't stop talking. Yeah. Oh, man. He had a good upbringing. Sure, that's basically what Mandela Barnes said about him. He's a nice to his family. He's a good like. That's the kind of condescending remark that you make in a comment yeah. like this. That just stop talking. Stop yourself from talking.
0: I just, I just don't know why he's turned against America.
1: <laughs> oh, man. oh my God, you guys. In any case, Seven. so the House polling situation's not great. We have like 29 toss-ups that are mostly Democratic seats. But also we don't know what is and is not a Democratic seat because we don't know anything because we're in a whole new world where all the districts are different and no one knows what's going on. Sure. Um, So it's going to be fun and exciting to find out what happens. Redistricting years are always an adventure. Yeah. And so this is going to be 10 years of slow creep towards Democratic seats, I assume, like every 10 years, where what happens is at the beginning of a redistricting process, Republicans end up with an advantage that just can't be believed. That is not mathematically supportable and is totally insane. And then over time, people, those districts slowly morph into Democratic districts because people move over 10 years and, you know, demographics shift and people, you know, sort of like uh, districts kind of evolve in that way. And so over time, you start to see creep towards the Democrats because the districts kind of reshuffle themselves. And the Democrats, you know, organize themselves a little better because like right now they're kind of having to organize with new people. They don't know what's going on. Um, And then... You know, 10 years pass, and then you end up with terrible districts again. And so we're going to be in the beginning of a process where it seems like no Democrat will ever, the Democrats will never hold the House ever again. (laughs) And in 10 years, it will seem like it's impossible for Republicans to hold the House. And then we'll have to go through the whole process again. So keep that in mind when we tell you that it looks terrible in the House (laughs) right now. And listen, if the Democrats can't win in the year that Roe goes down, I don't know what to say about them other than get out of town.
0: I know. I think that they're 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 playing they're playing a few dangerous games. We talked about the well, one already. They love where a they, dangerous game. I know, and know. They about love the, to right, lose. So right. We we talked about the one already where they basically propped up a bunch of election deniers right. that could very well win their races. The other one that they're doing is they're really running a a a test here, essentially, as to whether they can win on abortion. Yeah. And it, like only on abortion. Yeah. And there was a lot of chatter this week from all ends of the ideological spectrum from the Democrats. We had a weird world that we were all living in this week where Bernie Sanders and James Carville were both saying the exact same thing on televisions everywhere. What a time. What a time to be alive. And the thing that they were saying was, we are in the closing days of this election. Every single poll that you look at has the economy as the number one concern for all voters at like 100%, (laughs) basically. And then all other uh issues in the world at like zero percent right and the democrats have chosen to ignore that entirely
1: that's right
0: and have taken to seeing if they can drive up turnout and you know voter whatever desire on abortion and maybe it'll work but the idea that they have chosen to like and look maybe they don't want to talk about the economy because it's not super great
1: i that is my guess
0: um, but you still want to say like what you could do. And there are things that they could yeah. sell, like not a ton of things. We were just talking about insulin. I mean, for seniors, they did cap it. You know, I mean, like there and and yeah. it just seems like there are things that they could be out there with. I also think and,
1: it's like if you want to run on abortion because you want to remind voters that there's this really critical thing sort of on the in in the background that is going on. Great. You actually don't have to run on one issue, though, when you are the full Democratic Party. I know. It is enough that voters know, first of all, Democrats haven't done shit on abortion. I know. So maybe if they took an action that made us think that they would actually act, that would be interesting. But threatening us with the idea that they need us to elect more than is reasonable to expect. You know, they always need two more senators, they always need more house seats, like they can never actually act on the abortion issue. So that's a real dangerous game because they have proven that they're ineffective on the issue. Yeah. But you can also say, listen, this is an issue that we will continue to fight for you on, Yeah. but also we recognize that there is more in your life than just abortions. I know.
0: And and I just don't think that we have any proof at all that this will work. We know that this is not an issue that has driven voters in previous elections the way that it has driven Republican voters. I think a lot of people got real hopped up on the Kansas results, which was for a very which was for a specific statewide proposition that people were voting for. And lest we forget, I have to remind people of this all the time, there was not a there was not a competitive democratic primary going on that was right. voted at the same time as the republican primary and granted a lot of democrats obviously showed up and voted but a lot of republicans voted yeah. for the republican candidate and at the same time voted to not you know That's, ban abortions I, people are going to vote people are going to regardless of their feelings on abortions republicans are going to show up and be Republicans. That's right. So, uh, like, maybe your hope is that it just drives up turnout, and maybe it will. But I just don't know that there's proof that that I
1: also think this will further happen. kind of polarizes hope it does, an issue that at this moment, for all of our sanity, should actually kind of be divorced a little bit from the two-party system. Because plenty of Republicans would... Plenty of Republicans are not pro-life, but don't care that much. And certainly are going to keep voting for, you know, Yeah, they're going to keep voting for Republicans, even if they're pro-choice. And they're going to be privately pro-choice, and they're going to be like, this issue doesn't affect me, and I don't care. Yes. And so what that means is a vote like the Kansas vote that you're talking about. First of all, the Kansas vote was framed in a very specific way that was designed to appeal to Republicans, because it was about freedom. Oh, yeah. The the, the movement that, you know, organized around it was, like, called Kansans for constitutional freedom. We interviewed them on the other podcast, and I asked specifically about this, because I was curious like what you know how they had sort of strategically approached that vote knowing that they were in a very conservative oh, state yeah. and they were like well we wanted to frame it in a way that kind of wasn't about the issue of abortion but was about the issue of freedom we talked about what messaging would resonate with our voters so specific like we know how the issue of abortion polls and we know that it's massively popular for people to have the right to have an abortion right and we also know that a lot of those people are not going to vote for Democrats but a lot of Democrats are People who don't show up for elections. So we need to figure out how do we thread a needle where we can both drive the frustration, you know, use some of the frustration, because certainly lots of women have registered to vote over this issue. It has driven like a huge surge in voter registration. So like, that's great. How do we make sure that those voters, though, are showing up for Democratic priorities and are not sort of lulled into thinking like, this can't just be a referendum on that because it needs to be a referendum on that obviously yeah. but i mean it this this is not actually like the right format for a referendum on that because a referendum on that issue would have to be about the issue itself because almost everyone knows yeah. that a majority of americans a vast majority of americans yeah. are pro choice so yeah. this this is not like this is just sort of like doing what the republicans do with the issue of women's it, reproductive well, yeah, right. freedom yeah, totally. you know yeah. it's sort of like politicizing it to a degree that makes it an immovable topic and What we actually need to do is, I think, separate it a little bit from the kind of like polarized political parties because I feel like that's how, (laughs) Ray Ray's here, you guys, (laughs) but I mean that's how you actually protect women's bodily autonomy. Yeah. You can use this forever to try to drive people to the polls and never do anything about it. Well, right. Which is what their plan is, but that's as cynical as what the Republicans do. Totally. So like if you want to run on this issue, fine, but you have to tell me one other thing that you're going to do.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Rayray's thirsty. You guys, if we'll see you're you. hearing water slurping, it's because Ray has been holding her tongue, trying desperately to wait. She until almost the made it
0: the whole podcast, but she
1: couldn't. She's so little. She needed <laughs> <Yeah>. water.
0: <laughs>
1: In any case, before we go, let's talk about the January 6th hearing. Yes. They the theme of this week's hearings uh, was just like a recap of the whole. They were gonna do a big recap because um, this hearing had been rescheduled for the fake reason of Hurricane Ian, but actually because they weren't ready. Yeah. Um, but it mostly featured Nancy Pelosi being an icon. Your main yeah. takeaway from this hearing was that we have done January 6 hearings, and that Nancy Pelosi <laughs> was being iconic during January sixth. <laughs> like it's literally like all that you probably saw from what was hours of hearings mm-hmm. um, was a video clip of her tearing into a slim gym and saying that she <laughs> wanted to punch out Donald Trump, and
0: that's all you really needed to see. <laughs> that's that was it. it. I mean, listen, we all know how I feel about Nancy Pelosi. Sure. But when she gets when she gets it right she, she was really literally right. the only
1: person in the entire government who looked like they had a fucking clue on January 6 um, I mean she she's yeah. there and like Chuck Schumer's struggling to keep up like she says she's just been on the phone with Mike Pence and he's like well I called the vice president elect
0: it's <laughs> right. like nobody cares but i was going to say <laughs> she's not being uh, her, her life is not she's
1: not being hunted thro- by a mob she's being so,
0: hunted by like, a mob
1: get <laughs> out of here but <laughs> I know. um in any case, I...
0: There like, was a very long clip that I actually did not... I just was scrolling on Twitter. And I'll be honest. I did not even listen to the audio of. But it was a long clip of her, like, talking at him in a very animated way. Oh, I watched where it. Where yeah. all... I could tell enough from that clip. And that was that we just... Everyone knew that she was in charge. Yes. Well, <laughs> like, and, and that was what was important.
1: I feel like what's so interesting about it is you have all of these, like, of the most misogynistic assholes, like, invading the Capitol yep. at that moment. And as I think... Looking level- for her, too. Looking for her. And, of course, the only person who has one fucking clue about what to do and is able to keep a calm, level head and just start thinking and, like, yeah. start doing stuff is Nancy Pelosi, which I feel, like, is sort of the perfect embodiment of, like, what has gone wrong in government right now. <laughs> because, like, this, we, we elected an angry mob of men... Who like, felt like Trump, you know, like this yeah. sort of like, yeah, right. this Trumpy misogyny, this grab him by the pussy, like, tr- yeah. you know, assholes, you know, who feel like their, you know, main claim to authority or their main claim to deserving the authority is that they're like manly and tough. Yeah. And like, then you have them cause an actual coup attempt. Uh-huh. And like the one person who's walking around is like an 82 year old <laughs> tiny lady <laughs> yeah. in heels Who's like tearing into a slim gym and just tell... And the only one keeping a cool head in the situation. Yeah. Like she is... This is like the m- moment that her leadership was designed for. <laughs> because I mean like we have talked a lot on this podcast about A, being mad at her a lot. But also how she like how she can deliver a vote if she needs to deliver a vote. If you, If Nancy Pelosi decides she's going to do something... So often she's doing something we don't want her to do, which is the problem. But <laughs> right, right. if she decides she's going to do something, it gets done. She delivers. She can always deliver. And so, like, this is sort of like the moment that that promise really came to fruition, I feel like, because she is like out there, like, saving America by single handedly, <laughs> essentially, on January 6th. Right. It is documented in all of these, like, this BTS footage of her just, like, roaming around, like, trying to get a handle on what's going on, saving the vice president, like, whatever. <laughs> and, like, at the same time, we're, like, watching all of these, like, men act like fools yeah. all around her, outside of the room she's in. Chuck Schumer looks very needy, like, he wants her approval the whole time. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, what a, what a moment.
0: A lot of cloth masks going on, too. Oh, my God. Or, or none. <laughs> It's War,
1: it's outrageous how bad they are at masking, but they're boomers, you know. Yeah, I mean that's what's going on with boomers. That's it. Yeah, not my parents because I keep it tight. I run a tight ship. <laughs>
0: Good, my You're not there anymore though. No, I know. Can they keep it up?
1: Well, I told them I was like, I'm going to be doing some check-ins. <laughs> we're not, we're not, we're not going to get lax just because I've exited the scene. Also, I. They haven't had it, have they? They haven't had it. And i would like to keep it that way yeah no for sure i would like them impressive mom dad yeah,
0: <laughs> i know good job Nordstrom's. yeah
1: like to keep the northern Bobro clan <laughs> no. uh <laughs> clear of covid uh and i hope everyone's cooperating now yeah. that i'm gone <laughs> but, yeah. um in any case so they made it sound like this was going to be the last hearing i have questions about that for three reasons yeah one they did it at 1 p.m eastern which means that it wasn't a prime time hearing yeah. which makes me think that you can't, and your final argument can't be in a midday hearing. Yeah, your final argument is prime time. Everyone knows that. That's common sense. So yeah. that makes me think that they know Maybe more. Maybe they coming. think
0: the prime time is going to be the Trump one.
1: Well, that's they decided to subpoena Trump, which means they're continuing on to continue on. They yeah. voted unanimously. To, unanimously too. But I also have my own conspiracy theory that I've been working on sure. that I've been peddling for a while now, which is that the person who actually will end this is Mike Pence, and now I have some thoughts on timing, which mm. is I think. I think Pence will ultimately take the stand. And listen, I'm prepared to be wrong. So like, don't worry about it. But I still believe Pence will ultimately take the stand. I think he will not do it until after the election. And I think he's going to use it as the way to announce his candidacy for 2024. I think he will be the person to put the final nail in the Trump coffin. And he will use that as the launch pad for yeah. a career that no one wants him to have as and the attempt to threat, and he anyway. won't get <laughs> as the president. It's going to be tragic. It's probably... But I, also kind of amazing. It's.
0: I think it's... Yeah, I was going to say... It's the thing that would give him the best shot. That's right. I, I still don't think that there's enough I don't think there's of, enough
1: shot available to him. No,
0: I don't either. But, but
1: if he wants to position himself as the, with the
0: best the other the other possible, guy like the standard yes. bearer for the non-Trump person.
1: Yes. And I think that after election day, there's going to be a lot of soul searching in the Republican Party about there's, what to actually right. do. Because
0: some of these Trump Senate candidates are not going to win.
1: Right. And there's going to be some, you know, we're, we're going to be hearing more about the, the DeSantis-y candidates right. that are the, always the early picks that, you know, that, yep. you guys, I also need to warn every those guys never become the president. So just mm-hmm. like calm the fuck down. If I hear DeSantis... If I hear someone shout at me that they're worried about DeSantis being the president one more time, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. The person who gets named as the front runner at this point in the race is not the candidate, certainly not the person from Florida who gets named at this point in the race, because that person is Jeb! Florida exclamation man? point! Bush. No. Yeah. Like know. that. Remember when Jeb! Exclamation point! Bush was the front runner? Sure do. For months yeah. until it turned out he had, was never polling above five percent. Like <laughs> this is not a time to talk about who the front runner is. But I feel like. The moment, like the moment that we are done with the election of twenty twenty two, we're going to be launched full into twenty twenty four chaos. Yep. And Mike Pence could steal the scene if he wanted to. Yep. By come and what's so perfect for him about it is he could steal the scene by being his boring self because all that anyone will want to see in terms of leadership from him is the just quality that ma- he already has. Right, just
0: very matter of factly answering questions about yes.
1: Things. Looking like a real adult, or someone playing adulthood at least, mm-hmm. the kind of person who is made of wax and a fly might land on his head and he might not even yep. notice. That's yep. the kind of unflappably boring person that people will be looking for him to be in that moment. And that's all he's capable of delivering on. Yep. So it's a perfect moment for him. It is. So it really in any is. case, I, that, I'm that i still clinging to that conspiracy like that. theory. If he doesn't do that, by the way, he's a complete idiot. And like, I get that he is, so like, whatever. But like, <laughs> if he does not... Fashion that moment the way yeah. that I just laid out. Oh, I like it. He's he's not worth the salt. <laughs> his salt, anyone's salt. It's <laughs> not worth Another the salt we salt. gave him. Like, just go fall into a well at that yeah. point. You've like failed at being politics. Yeah. I, that's ridiculous. Um, there was also more bad news for Trump because the Supreme Court rejected his attempt to uh, complicate the federal investigation about how he stole all those documents. Yep. And uh, also, Tish James warned. Uh, recently that Trump is basically, like, starting shell companies in an attempt to, you know, extricate himself from the situation going on in New York. So, like, that is also now under scrutiny because he's been starting, like, fake Trump organizations <laughs> to, like, channel his terrible plans through. Um, so that is other bad... Trump's having a bad week. Yeah. Uh, and if I were him, here's what I would do also, now that I'm in the, in the business of telling the Trump administration what they should not shouldn't right. do. He's, at some point, going to go out. He always fails big. Listen, he never fails. Per- like, he personally gets to have continue living the life of a rich asshole. So, like, yeah. don't think about what his life actually entails. Yeah. But he always fails. If I know anything from growing up in New York in the era of Trump, it is that the man fails as big as he, quote-unquote, succeeds every time. Mm-hmm. So he always goes down. Knowing that about himself, I would recommend that he actually sit for testimony with the hearings. Oh. It would be the, the best ratings he's ever go gotten. Yeah. The, if he wants to max out right? at ratings, which is his only real goal yeah. in life, that I cannot imagine better ratings than the time he takes the stand as the star witness at the January six hearings. Totally. I would watch that on multiple televisions. I mean, I, yeah. he would get ratings that, probably ratings that more people than actually live in the world <laughs> right. watched it. He could get the entire world to tune in. Yeah. It wouldn't even be good ratings just in America. Yeah. He can have good ratings in any country in the world doing that.
0: So true. Just consider it. Yeah. That's all I'm
1: saying. Yeah. Just consider it. Um, And then in final news, is Elon Musk going to buy Twitter? Can someone explain this to us? <laughs> I don't know. We're not going to look it up, but we also are
0: curious. <sighs> Vaguely. Anyway. Vaguely.
1: I have a lot of curiosity. I just, none of it is enough for me to open my computer and Google Elon yeah. Musk Twitter.
0: You don't have the brain space for so much, you know? Oh,
1: exactly. Yeah. I don't have time for that.
0: No, I don't either.
1: We just walked you through, like, 100 Senate races, and they're polling averages. (laughs) I'm not going to look up Elon Musk being a foreign agent and buying Twitter.
0: No. (laughs) No.
1: So, um, in any case, that's the news this week.
0: That's it. Look for the prop guide.
1: Look for the prop guide. That will be out next week. Um, And, you know, also... Once the prop guide is out, we will be also sending out a larger ballot guide if you live in Southern California. Yeah. But we're going to get the prop guide out more quickly because yep. that goes to people outside of just Southern yep. California. And let us so know
0: we'll, if you have any, um, you know, specific questions.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll always, we'll waste all day researching races in places we don't live. Yeah. That's a thing that we will do.
0: Yep.
1: Um, so we will talk to you later. Bye. Hopefully next week. Are we recording next week? Yeah. I'm, oh, now. yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, we're recording Great.
1: next week. Great. Great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you next okay. week. Bye. Bye.